sponsored TV ads, what worked for ads in 2023 on Amazon, and what to look forward to in 2024 with Amazon ads. This and so much more on today's episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. If you're like me, maybe you were intimidated about learning how to do Amazon PPC, or maybe you think you just don't have the hours and hours that it takes to download and sort through all of those sponsored ads reports that Amazon produces for you. Adtomic for me allowed me to learn PPC for the first time, and now I'm managing over 150 PPC campaigns across all of my accounts in only two hours a week. Find out how Adtomic can help you level up your PPC game. Visit h10.me forward slash Adtomic for more information. That's h10.me forward slash A-D-T-O-M-I-C. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. My name is Carrie Miller, and I will be your host. And this is our Tacos Tuesday, where we talk about all things Amazon advertising, and we have an expert guest today. So this is Geffen from Vendo. So welcome, Geffen. Hey, Carrie. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to have you on. I know you've been on here before and a lot of people really liked your episode. So um, we have some more good content for everyone today. And so for those of you, for those of the people in the audience that don't know you or know about Vendo, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience and then also about Vendo? Yeah, 100%. So um, I'm the VP of advertising here at Vendo. So um, just a background on what Vendo, who and what Vendo is. So we are a full service e we're a full-service e-commerce agency um, specializing in Amazon and Walmart full-service management. Um, from an advertising perspective, we have kind of brought in those services uh, across Amazon and Walmart also to bring in things like programmatic, various retail media networks, um, as well as other marketplaces uh, too. And so those have been incredibly um incredibly growth focused. I mean, 2023 was a very crazy year. Uh, the team did an incredible job from a strategic standpoint, from a number standpoint to grow across the board. And when it comes to PPC, as most of the people I hope know on this call, uh, a lot of those different strategies rhyme. So we've been able to replicate the immense success that we've had on Amazon. We brought it over to Walmart and then we brought that over towards the various retail media networks, as well as things like paid search and social with Google, Facebook, TikTok, et cetera. Amazing. Yeah. So you guys are into everything. That's awesome. Um, so I guess since you were talking about 2023, um, what are some things that uh, you think did, worked really, really well specifically in 2023 that you might carry into 2024? And then maybe some new things on the horizon because of just the changing landscape and things that Amazon is introducing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the second half of that question, because I okay. think that vertical video is going to be a really big push for oh, Amazon yeah. this year. Um, I know that everybody's talking about that in the space. I'm very curious to see how it's going to be rolled out. I mean, if you think about it from a practical standpoint, it's going to take up more page real estate than mm -hmm. um, than the uh, than the former video format. Now, they might have both horizontal and vertical in play. We also don't know where on the search engine results page it's going to show up. Is it going to show up on row four, which would be row four, row five, row six on mobile, potentially even row seven, depending on how you know zoomed in your screen is. Um, or is it going to be at the bottom of the page? And, and, and I think those are big questions because that's going to place a big emphasis on where you're ranking. And so I think okay. that that leads into the first part of your question, which is something that worked really well for us 
uh, because we don't look at ads in a vacuum, right? So, you know, ACOS is great, but obviously this is Tacos Tuesday and Tacos <laughs> is the metric of your total sales. Yes. And so when we're looking at total sales, something that we brought in, and I know it's a little vague, but we really looked at the halo impact of ad strategies and how they impacted uh, ranking and total sales, right? And so mm -hmm. when we focused our ad strategy, maybe on a cost per customer acquisition model, maybe on a tacos model, and we look to really prioritize, hey, where are we showing up, right? So if 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 we're driving all this traffic and we have a 20% conversion rate, let's say on this keyword, um, are we tracking using, using, uh, using a Helium 10, of course, um, are we tracking that ranking properly to say, hey, we started running these ads aggressively on August 1st. And if we've been tracking ranking on that keyword for the last two months since going aggressive on that term, where are we ranking now? And how mm -hmm. have sales changed? And are there broader KPIs that we're measuring outside of just direct ad, ad revenue? Um, and that worked really well for us because we centered that around tentpole events. And this is a really big strategy of ours that is incredibly complex. It takes, you know, a whole village to actually execute. But when we when we focus our customer acquisition and ranking models around major times in the year, so think Prime Day, think Fall Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Holiday. And then, of course, if you're a one-off brand, if you, I don't know, are ski-related, then obviously your season is January to March. You know, like mm -hmm. there are differences, but really peak seasons. Um, if you're able to focus your growth model around the times that are going to give you the most reward, then that worked really well for us last year. And we expect to see a lot more of that this year, especially as we all expect people are going to be more deal oriented. Um, mm -hmm. It's a constant battle for margins. So the better yes. ranks you are, the more uh, organic sales you drive, the better your tacos is. Yeah. So are you, are you also maybe sending a lot of outside traffic for that ranking as well, or just yeah. kind of utilizing, can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what your strategy is there to kind of, that kind of goes in with what you were just Yeah, of course. Absolutely. About? So, um, one of the verticals that I oversee is paid search and social. Um, and so that's going to be meta and Google primarily. There's Pinterest, there's Reddit, there's now TikTok that can drive back to Amazon as well. Um, I think there's two buckets. I think you have the always on external strategy, right? Which is the constant drip of, say, a Facebook campaign that's driving whatever the budget is, $200 a day, $150 a day, whatever it is, back to Amazon. We all know that Amazon... Uh, is going to reward external conversion a little bit more. Also, the uh, Amazon Attribution Program gives you a bit of a boost with getting up to 10% back, usually around 5 to 7%, but up to 10% back on each sale, which is nice. Um, and then you also get a boost in your actual ranking. The influencer programs that we've run specifically for tentpole events, again, to go back to that first point, those are the ones that have really kind of set themselves apart or set those brands apart, the ones that are mm -hmm. willing to have very strategic and targeted, targeted strategies towards high return on investment periods. And mm -hmm. so you have the always on, which is great. That is a constant. And we run that for many brands. And then we have a few brands, usually on the larger side, that are willing to invest some serious cash into some of the um, some of the off Amazon programs that are just going to drive as much traffic as possible. Those are the ones that see big gains. And it's not necessarily that you have to hit a home run with one, with one uh, TikTok influencer. You can have 10, you can have 20, you can have 30 micro 
that actually get you the same result, potentially for cheaper, but it, but you uh, you have less risk with putting all of your eggs into one basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that external traffic has been really helpful. Yeah, I actually uh, know some people in our elite group said that their ranking just organically just shot up just from their TikTok stuff that they were doing. They, they were focusing on certain keywords in their title and they just all the, the traffic from TikTok was really beneficial. Yeah. And That's now there's actually TikTok shop. So that's actually yes. going to compete with Amazon. We've actually launched multiple brands on TikTok shop. We're seeing phenomenal success with those. Um, it doesn't necessarily directly translate to Amazon sales. But what we always say at Vendo, and it's the approach we've taken that has been very successful to for, for all of our brands, is you can't separate your customers anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say that an Amazon customer is in its own bucket and yeah. they're never going to be a D2C customer and vice versa. Yeah. Um, every customer, everywhere you're exposed is a form of advertising and you can't force a customer to buy in a certain place. So if you're available on TikTok shop and that's where they find you, maybe next time they're going to buy on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're going to buy on your D2C. As long as you're looking at the business holistically and Amazon is a piece of that pie or TikTok is a piece of that pie, then and, and your business is growing, then you know that your efforts are pushing the whole business up. Yeah. I was saying that I think that a lot of people aren't necessarily comfortable yet purchasing on TikTok. So I think that's why a lot of people are just going to Amazon. They might be like, oh, I saw this on TikTok, but maybe it'll change eventually. Because I think we're still seeing quite a bit of traffic on Amazon, even though TikTok's like not wanting anyone to do that. Have you seen that same thing? Yeah. I can't remember what the exact term was. It was like I saw this on TikTok or I found this on TikTok or yes. seen on TikTok or something like yeah. that. Or TikTok, whatever the, the thing is. TikTok yeah, stinker. <laughs> was, was one of the largest search terms um, a few months ago. Uh, and so to your point, 100%, right? And yeah. that is actually, I think, more proof to my previous point, which is if they're, wherever they're seeing things, they're coming to other places, to their comfortable place to buy. And mm-hmm. so if... If they're coming there and from an advertising perspective, we're showing up where 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 we need to show up, then we're in a good place, right? Yeah. Because then we're going to get that conversion. And that you just you spent elsewhere. Maybe your cost per cost per uh, customer acquisition was slightly higher, but you drove that conversion. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you have a good product and your customers are loyal, then it's going to pay off in not even the long term. Do you see that a lot? Because I know you do a lot of DSP too. Mm-hmm. Do you see that a lot with DSP where you're kind of putting a lot into Amazon and maybe you don't necessarily see the exact you know conversion on Amazon, but then all of a sudden their website goes way up or kind of other platforms? You, you so see never, a, never, so, so a couple of points to that. So when it comes to programmatic, there is, uh, there is um, native programmatic on Amazon, right? So And then there's also non-native programmatic, right? So we can use something like the Trade Desk that can kind of target any programmatic targeting across the entire internet, basically. Mm. Um, the latter, yes, right? So the latter, okay. we do see that kind of um, that kind of halo impact across either website, and you can you can also measure that, right? You can put in a pixel, and you can actually see, you can also put in a pixel on the on the um, on the uh, Amazon DSP as well. So you mm. can put a pixel on your website for Amazon DSP. And even though traffic isn't necessarily driving to your website, it will still pick up if there are sales on your website or at the very least visits from that same campaign. Mm. And so 
the interconnectedness of this world is growing where the advertising synergies are becoming a lot more um, a lot more intentional. And so you have to have the pixels on your D2C site, right? You have to be launching on TikTok. You have to be on mm-hmm. Amazon. You have to be on Walmart because if you're not measuring that, then you won't know if if your sales are lifting across the board. And if they are lifting, then you don't know where you can take spend. Maybe you're bloated in one area and too lean in another and you can't yeah. get those. And so uh, to your question, 100%, um, we do see the halo impact from DSP. With Amazon DSP specifically, I will say the biggest halo impact is actually in the performance of the PPC ads. Mm. Um, we usually tend to see, especially on our mid, mid to large size brands, um, when we launch DSP for them, their PPC ads tend to pick up in specifically in performance. So their their ACOS tends to go down. Um, and that's probably because Amazon, as we all know, is a uh, is a pay to play platform. Mm-hmm. So they're just rewarding you with being further entrenched yeah. in their uh, ecosystem. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I did have actually another question. Um kind of about just some newer things that are going on with Amazon. Have you started the using the the TV ads and then also just the sponsored um, ads that go to uh, like things like BuzzFeed and um, I forgot what the, it's called. I think it's uh, sponsored, they're sponsored product ads, but they go to publishers. Have you started using sponsored those? TV. So yeah. Sponsored TV. And then also the sponsored ads that go to like BuzzFeed or yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so two points. So first of all, to Bradley's point, we actually don't use packaging for Amazon. We uh, use them for Walmart. Uh, we actually don't okay. use any software for Amazon besides Helium 10, of course. But as far as okay. management software goes, uh, it's it's all manual. Um, oh, wow. Um, but, and we can talk, we can have a whole 10 podcasts just on that. Yes. There's, there's a ton there. But as it pertains to sponsored TV, so that's in, something that Amazon launched at uh, Unbox this past year. Uh-huh. Um, and the goal is to create... Similar to how sponsored display is like DSP light, sponsored TV is like STV or CTV light, right? So they mm-hmm. want to bring the, the, the TV portion of programmatic into a self-serve area. Mm-hmm. There's pros and cons. The pro is that there's no minimum, there's no barrier to entry. You can throw up a video and it gets blasted out towards a bunch of different publishers at a, um, at a, a fairly fairly decent rate. It's a little bit more expensive, obviously, because you're not Mm -hmm. able to put your max CPMs or anything like that. At the same time, you have no control. So similar to sponsor display, um, you know, if you work with, with an, uh, with an, um, with an agency like Vendo, uh, we don't have any minimums on our, uh, on our, uh, on our DSP self-serve seat. So we're able to, uh, to say, Hey, you know, if you want to spend a thousand or 2000 or 3000, you can, you don't have to spend 20. Um, and so my recommendation is if you're a very small brand, you're starting out, definitely test out sponsored TV. Don't expect because they're usually non-engageable or, or, or if they are engageable, um, the really the primary KPI and what they're optimized for internally is views. Um, mm-hmm. Then don't expect a strong ROAS. Treat that as a top of funnel approach. At the same time, if you do have a little bit more budget and you want some more control, go into self-serve DSP. You're just going to get more. You can choose what your destinations are, what your publishers are. You can choose your audiences. You can choose your retargeting. You can in sponsored TV too, but there's just a lot more control. And so similar to sponsored display, it's a great launching pad, 
but I wouldn't say, hey, if you're going to take 10 grand and throw it into there, take 10 grand and throw it into DSP, you're going to see better results. Yeah, that's very good advice for everyone, especially for smaller brands, because usually it's all, you know, it's harder because a lot of people are focused on big brands with kind of strategies and smaller brands. It's like, I don't know if it's time to do even DSP or the sponsored TV. So that's good advice about the, the TV. Yeah, and there is no real like right time. I would just say, hey, if you have some budget, if your ads are performing well, test it out. You know, we test yeah, as much as we can. At Vendo. If it works, amazing. You know, if it doesn't, then we know it doesn't. And maybe we'll test it out later on, but we can put that budget immediately into other uh, other areas. How long do you usually test it uh, for DSP? Two or three months? Or so Technically, DSP is a 14-day window uh, okay. before it's actually giving you proper data. Um, and usually DSP, you'll know within a month. Okay, that's good to know too. Okay, so then we have... Chris Shipperling said, to your point about trust, people also want to see the product ASAP and Amazon owns product operations. I bought a product from TikTok, yeah. which ships from ShipBob. I'll say no more. As a customer, yes. You can technically fulfill with Amazon for TikTok shop. Um, I don't have too many details on that, but I know it's possible. I don't know how much of that is being conveyed to the customer. And so that's a great point about trust from, yeah. from, from the customer standpoint. As a seller... It doesn't really take much more. I don't know the fees. I don't know what it kind of entails, mm -hmm. but I know that I've heard that it's possible. I it, it is possible, and that's definitely a better. You basically connect it to your Shopify um, yeah. site, and then use the fulfillment by Amazon. But I I did purchase something on TikTok, and it was literally shipped all the way from China. So yeah. I didn't know that was happening when I bought it. So that is kind of the that's going to kind of ruin some trust, I think, with people. So something to think about yeah. moving and forward. We can't even talk about Timu here either. Because that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a different ballgame. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> All right. And let's see. Chris Schipferling has something else. He says, which uh, which is why you always KPI individual platform metrics, but blended CAC is so right. important when you do have several activities running to drive traffic and conversion. Completely 100%. agree with what you were saying. So, yeah. 100%. Awesome. Um, we use a CAC model for a ton of our brands. Um, we track new to brand customers on Amazon very closely, new and repeat as well. Um, and we have um, we have uh, lifetime value graphs that we track over multiple years um, to see what the actual return is for our clients. Amazing. That's awesome. Okay, so Michael would love to hear your thoughts on how to organize oh, sponsored Carrie, product campaigns where you have multiple SKUs in a category, independent SKUs, not variant ASINs that share many keywords. When is it better to combine ASINs into an ad group and let Amazon pick the best for separating each SKU into its own ad group or campaign? Thanks. It's a phenomenal question. Um, and this is where you're going to hear the variation in answers you're going to hear shows that advertising still to an extent is a good amount art versus science because there are differing opinions. And I manage my own uh, brands for Vendo as well. And I've actually done both in terms of separating out. Uh, and then keeping them together. So a couple of different things. Number one, there are always there are always uh, differing um, what's the word? Uh, differing attributes to a product, right? Whether it's a count, whether it's a size, whether it's a color. At the very least, you can separate out by that. So for instance, if you have TVs, right? You might have a smart TV, right? So let's but you could have a 45 inch, a 55 inch, and a 65 inch mm -hmm. smart TV. So right off the bat, you can look at the search volume for what does a 65-inch TV bring in in terms of search volume. Okay, that's that's a separate campaign, right? 55-inch mm -hmm. separate campaign. 
And then to your question, my recommendation and best practice is you can never rank and and equally grow all of your products, right? You have to have Mm -hmm. a hero item or a hero couple of items. So for instance, let's say you go back to these TVs, you've got, I don't know, uh, 10 sizes, 35, 45, 55, whatever it is. Some of those are going to be bestsellers, right? More people Mm -hmm. search for 55 inch and 65 inch versus 24 inch. So you know that those are the ones that have the highest potential and those are the ones that you're going to want to rank. So you might as well take those and maybe take three of them and put them into their own hero term campaign. So smart TV, TV, et cetera. And then that way you're focusing the majority of your ranking spend on the highest search volume terms towards the few that are actually going to generate that sales and performance. And even within that, I mean, usually think about it. I mean, how many brands do you see that have three products ranked on the top row, right? It's usually one. And so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we are going to try and diversify our sales as much as possible. But at the same time, one product is going to win out. And so to the last part of your question, when it's better to combine ASINs into an ad group on Amazon, pick the best. Um, When it comes to your hero items, if let's say you've got three in that whole product line, the three best-selling colors, three best-selling sizes, whatever it is, um, put those into their own ad group. And then Amazon can choose if you're, again, going back to smart TV, it's like, okay, if someone's typing in smart TV, Amazon's going to eventually know whether or not someone typing in smart TV is more likely to buy a 55 inch or a 65 inch. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to see the conversion rate. You'll be able to see the performance and you can say, that's good. That's not good, um, et cetera. We'll go into kind of um, ad creatives like videos and stuff. How do you optimize those? Are are you doing a lot of tests and split testing? What what is your process for creatives and um, making sure you get the best? So again, we have uh, five ad verticals. Every, every every vertical requires different size creatives. So we have mm-hmm. a phenomenal team working on our uh, creatives that can really customize to whatever it is that we want or need. A Facebook creative is going to be different from a DSP creative. It's going to be mm-hmm. different from a Criteo creative. Um, but to to backtrack for a sec, specifically on Amazon, specifically for something like sponsored brands, because you have sponsored brand lifestyle imagery and sponsored brand video, right? Those mm-hmm. are the two main creatives that you're going to be generating. Mm-hmm. Um, And I will say first and foremost, um, well, first of all, by January 31st, all of your product collection ads have to have a lifestyle image on them. If not, they're going to be paused. So that's a note to everybody that's selling. You need to have a lifestyle image on your product (laughs) collection ads. If not, they're just not going to show up. Um, That's by the end of this month. Uh, But I've found from a video perspective, having a video versus not having a video gets you 80% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Of course, it needs to look like decent, right? But if you have any form of a decent video made by made by a, a graphic designer or a software that's good enough to pass for you to be like, okay, yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. You're seventy to eighty percent of the way there. Obviously, that twenty percent for much larger brands matters. Mm-hmm. So that's where you bring in different testing, right? And usually, that's at the discretion of the brand's creatives, right? We're not a full creative agency. We have creative support. And so what, what what we like to do is we like to take their direction and actually make the asset. So usually they have a marketing team that's going to bring us either static imagery or video imagery. And then we're going to we're going to scale that um, into, let's say, three different videos from that static imagery of just like slideshows or whatever. And then maybe we'll test out those three. Now, okay. Amazon sponsor brand video has different ad groups that you can test out, which is awesome. So um, you can you can do like three different uh, three different ad groups there and whatever ends up working basically from a CVR standpoint, conversion rate is going to be your primary KPI there. Mm -hmm. Um, Then that's the one that you go with. All right. Very good. 
Um, we actually have something else from the audience. I sell yoga pants. Can I print my website on the product hang tag? Does it follow Amazon and Walmart terms of service? I don't think it does. Um, I don't think that you're allowed to drive any form of traffic uh, to off Amazon. Don't fully quote me. I am not an expert in all of Amazon terms of service. I know the ad portion. But yeah. if you were to ask me my two cents, I would say if you're referencing your website anywhere on your product and Amazon catches you, it's probably against TOS. I do actually on mine have on our packaging our website because we use the same packaging for all, yeah. all different platforms. And I know big brands also have their websites in there and they even have, you know, things. And maybe where, it's not enforced. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's enforced as much, but I think it's if you kind of drive traffic to your website or you're kind of contacting people with their info, but it is kind of a gray area there. So, um, yeah, that is a hard, that is a hard one. <laughs> on yeah, there. it's tough. It's, it's, I know that on any assets you have on Amazon, you can't do that. Like right. we've even, um, like made videos where like at the end, like we've just taken a video from their website and put it onto a uh, sponsor brand video. And it was like at the end, like, like the last slide was like buy on X.com and yeah. it got taken down. Yeah, so exactly. It just depends. I mean, there's a lot of gray area. My guess is that's against TOS. Also to your point, Carrie, if a lot of people are doing it, maybe it's not really a police that much. Yeah. I think, I think the kind of differentiator is, are you trying to drive traffic away from Amazon or, you know, I think it's also, when you think about big brands, I don't think they're all going to change their packaging right. just like for how Amazon. Like Hyperflask going to not. Yeah. Know, yeah. So, so that's, that's also a good point. It's not really, you know, it, it, it's when you're like, you've got an insert and you're like, buy this on my site or, you know, something like that. That's kind of a difference. Whereas if it's just on your packaging, I think it's, it should be fine. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good question. So do, do branded campaigns help in the uh, organic rank of your product? It's, it's, Yes and no. So when you're launching, 100% yes. If you're launching a new product line inside your uh, existing product catalog, um, to leverage your branded campaigns is huge, or excuse me, your branded traffic with branded campaigns is huge because that's how you build your sales velocity quickly. At the same time, if you are seeing that, you know, a majority of your spend is going towards branded, um, then... I would look at the CPCs and I would say you're probably not um, helping out with ranking as much as you could be for non-branded terms. Remember, Amazon will rank you based on how you perform on non-branded terms. If you don't drive traffic to non-branded terms, you can't convert against them. And if you can't convert, then you can't rank. Yeah, good point. All right. Another question from Dauda De Silva. How do you harvest search term reports from a main keyword running as phase type? Phrase type that uh, generate tons of variations of the main keywords. Those keywords yeah. are all different with one clicks costing me a dollar. Yep. That's some. That's probably arguably the largest source of wasted spend um, is phrase terminology, phrase mm -hmm. terms, phrase keywords that generate one click, one dollar, no conversion. You have a thousand of them. You spent a thousand dollars and you didn't get anything as a result. Um, switch it to exact, pause it out, and then test out them in like groups of 15 or 20. It's, it's more manual work. It kind of sucks. But if you take the $1,000 you spent, let's say over a month, and then you, um, you take 500 of that, so you save yourself 500, and you put it towards 30 keywords and you test, and let's say you generate sales after driving 10 clicks on each on five of them, and then you use those as ranking campaigns, that's how you're able to scale the business. 
you're going to spend that money anyway. You might as well go deep rather than shallow. All right. Well, it sounds did. like he was he was testing me. He said correct. Hmm, that's that's an interesting test. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I passed. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely passing all these uh, little tests here from people. Um, uh, just on a kind of an ending note, um, are there any other kind of things you want to leave for people in 2024? Kind of final thoughts of, you know, what to look forward to, what what people should be focused on, and uh, and yeah, just any final final words of advice? Search volume trends. We use Helium 10, I mean, hourly, but daily, obviously, yes. uh, to, to look at where the search volume trends are in the space. And when I talk about 10-pole planning, when I talk about uh, uh, high, high traffic times, um, it's just the nature of the beast that you are going to perform better at certain times of the year. Um, you need to have a strategy that is able to address low demand and high demand to what you need your business to do. And so the more demand you're tracking, um, the better uh, you're going to be able to prepare for that. And just a very simple equation or uh, simple uh, example, excuse me, is um, if you know that last year you did phenomenal in December, um, then take the steps in October and November to make sure you're ready for that. And if that might mean taking or spending less in August and September, if you do have an annualized budget, then make sure you're looking at December in February. So you know that by the time August and September comes, you know what you need to do to prepare for that time of year. And so you, you know, we have for almost every term, we have four, five, six years of data at this point. You know what the best times of the year are. Obviously things change every year, but we do know that, hey, if you're a holiday or a gift brand, prepare for that. Right. Mm -hmm. and if, you, if, if you are brand, some brands don't. But if you are a brand that has a hard dollar budget, make sure you don't get to December and you're out of money. Yeah, that's a good point. Something to point out, too, about the Helium 10 tools. Cerebro, we have um, it has shows trending if so, of keywords trending up or if it's trending down. Yeah. So you can constantly check the trends and how much what percentage they're trending up and down. But then you can also do historical keyword searches for 24 yeah. months in the past. So. That'll really, really help. You know, you can kind of see year over year the last two years what happened, but then you can kind of project also moving forward based on kind of the difference there and, and track it that way. So definitely, you know, that's a really good point is, you know, kind of projecting out and making sure you plan properly your budget in the right places. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Tacos Tuesday. If somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? They can find me by my email, geffen at vendocommerce.com. Yeah, we'd be happy to talk anything advertising. Um, we, like I said before, we run ads. If you can run ads on it, we do. Um, but we take a different approach in that we make sure that we are looking at your business holistically. And mm -hmm. we're not just spending to spend, we spend to grow. Very and good. So, um, and so because we spend to grow, we might recommend different strategies and say, hey, you know, even if it hurts us, right, because we take a cut from that, even if it hurts us to say, hey, you know, you shouldn't spend 100K on Meta, maybe let's look at these different avenues or save that money for later on. We want to make sure that we are going to provide the best service for you guys. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So, yeah. So if you guys want to reach out to Geffen or Vendo, you need somebody to help you with TikTok ads or Facebook or Amazon or, any, or Walmart, Walmart especially. Yeah. I get asked all the time about Walmart and Vendo is definitely one of the 
the top uh, players in the game for Walmart. Yeah. So we're one of the largest advertisers on Walmart. Um, I think we have one of, if not the most brands on Walmart advertising, and um, we've just seen so much growth there. And so, yeah, thanks again for joining and thank you everyone for your questions and for joining us live. And we will see you again on the next Tech House Tuesday, which will be next month. And we'll have a different guest. But thanks again, Geffen, for joining us. Of course. And we'll see you later. Thank Bye, you everyone. So much.